Hey everyone, it's me, Luke. And it's me, Kaylin. And welcome back to the Broadway Buddies Podcast, where we talk about all things Broadway and interview our favorite Broadway stars. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Broadway Buddies Podcast. It's me, Kaylin, back with another episode. Today, I am joined with special guest Megan Masako Haley. Hi, Megan. Hi, hi, Kaylin. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. How are you? I'm great. How are you? How's uh, school going? You know, <laughs> getting through. <laughs> um, so <laughs> would you like to tell us a little bit about your life story and your journey through a career in the performing arts? Um, sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was born and raised in San Jose, California. Um, I feel like I've always just been singing my whole life, singing, yelling at the top of the stairs, trying to get people to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. I wrote a lot of like little plays and musicals with my little sister and our god sister. We would make our own musicals. And then I started doing theater when I was 12, which is honestly like, I think what my actual goal was, was I wanted to be like Britney Spears or a Spice Girl, but it's really hard to get an audience at 12. Like there's not a lot of <laughs> ways for me to have my own solo pop concert and so when I went to a I saw a family friend in a local children's theater production of Music Man and then I said oh they have an audience here like I can do this (laughs) uh and then um yeah I did theater all throughout middle school and high school and then kind of at the last second I decided uh, in my senior year that I wanted to pursue theater as a career. So then I went to college for theater and, uh, now I've been in New York for like seven years (laughs) and, uh, still working at it, still grinding, (laughs) but it's been really a fun life. That's amazing. Um, also I was reading, your resume from your website today. And like, I was really curious about workshop readings for shows. So what's the process like workshopping a show and then like a project that's constantly changing and so new? Right. Um, So a lot of times for like, there's a lot of different levels of workshop. It's kind of like an umbrella term. So sometimes a workshop could be like, really casual like it's maybe a friend of a friend or I have a couple of friends that are composers or writers and they just want to hear people saying the words out loud and so you might just be sitting in someone's living room just reading off of laptops um, and then it goes to stuff that's really already in the pipeline that has like money and has producers and is looking for like maybe an out-of-town tryout or um, a Broadway house so for like those bigger ones, they usually audition you. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes if you just know the composers already or, if, you know, casting really well and they're like, look, I need someone who's this tall, can sing this, can dance this. And they're like, great, we're going to call it Megan just because she doesn't need to audition for it because we don't, we're not really sure what they, they're not even always sure what they want yet. And so they're like, we just need bodies that can do this. Um, so like, for instance, like, I, one of the workshops I did was for this show called Still Yagi, uh, which I hope is still happening someday. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's really a cool show, but like, I don't think I actually auditioned for it, but they mm-hmm. had like a whole cast people who had been working on it for years before then, who've been in the cast through all the iterations and I was new. And then it's probably had stuff, you know, since a couple years ago. 
Um, but, or like, uh, I did a workshop of Almost Famous, which is hopefully coming to Broadway. I think they're planning on whenever Broadway mm-hmm. reopens, hopefully being in the, when the coming seasons, but that's something I actually auditioned for. And they had like a more clear view of what they wanted the roles to be, but in the room, they're still writing and rewriting stuff based on like what we do in the room. Yeah. So yeah, you get handed new pages almost every day. Oh, they're going to be like, great. We're adding this song uh, or we're cutting this song or we're adding two scenes or cutting two scenes or cutting these lines from these scenes and adding these ones back in. And they're just trying to workshop and see what they could do with the show. I actually will say on one of the projects, like two weeks into the workshop, maybe like a couple of days before our presentation, they were like, can you sing this song? But in a minor key and a half step down. And it was like this, <laughs> these really tight harmonies where like the minor key means that like all of my notes were different and these really tight harmonies. And I was the one that was making the minor and I, everything I'd memorized, I had to like take it down a step just like in yeah. my head, but it's just like, yep, I can do that. And you get the pages and you learn it and then they get to see it. And then they may go back the next day to three iterations ago. So mm-hmm. I think they're really fun. Yeah. That's so great to learn. Cause I know like that's such a big thing in the industry and such a great way to get your name out there through those workshops. So it's really nice to learn a little bit about that. So thanks for that. Also, yeah. What are your experiences in regional theater? Uh, my first like big job out of college was I did the King and I at the Marriott Theater in Chicago, which mm-hmm. was like my, I got my equity card. It was like the biggest <laughs> deal. Um, the Marriott was an amazing theater to work for. And it was like the first time I'd gotten paid like a livable wage to like do theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I think regional theater is, I mean, like I had a really good time doing it. And sometimes you get to play, a lot of times you're not doing new work. So it's stuff that's been done before, but uh, you sometimes get to do them for audiences that already like know and love the shows so much. So they're just supportive and like, they want to be there. They're excited to be there. They already know they love King and I, they see every show that happens at the Marriott. And so like, I feel like the audiences are very warm and like welcoming in that way those are the best let's talk about touring like the difference between that and what's it like being on a national tour with the constant change of scenery and differing theaters and different audiences yeah um at this point in my career I would say like I was on Mean Girls for about six months and then I did the Wicked tour for about 10 months So I feel like I've been on the road for a significant portion of like most of my theater experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But Wicked and Mean Girls were like totally different artistic experiences. So like with Wicked, a show that's been running for, you know, how long, like almost 20 years, like. Yeah. uh, I think that particular tour by the time I had gotten out there had been open for over 10 years, maybe a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people had been with the show the whole time on that tour oh my gosh so like there's some people and then there's like and then I caught you the principals a lot of times will you know they we get switched out pretty frequently but a lot of the ensemble like if they want to stay they they can stay like that's Mm -hmm. not 
like super uncommon. Um, and so when you get put into a show that's already up, like the rehearsal process was like, I'd never done anything like it. Basically you show up on your first day, everyone already knows everyone. You, like mm -hmm. you might be the only person getting put in. I was really lucky that I got put in with um, the Alphaba and the Bach and that uh, our Glenda had already done the show before, but she, we all, the mm -hmm. four of us that came together. So we at least got to, we got to rehearse together, which I think was really helpful. But like, if, you know, I'm doing this, I have to do a scene where it's like Alphaba and Fiero, the Fiero is just the stage manager standing there, reading <laughs> the lines off of a page, you know? Yeah. Um, and the stage manager is the one that gives you all your blocking. They gave you all the notes. And so um, I didn't realize that stage managers also had to be like artistically uh art, had to participate artistically in the process of the show because you know your director doesn't come out very often especially I mean they come out like a couple times a year probably but um they may not be there for your whole rehearsal process until like you mm -hmm. actually are on the stage and so any acting note will come from a stage manager which is something I'd never really done for in my mind like stage managers were like everything that wasn't the yeah. artistic part um so yeah and then they'll say stuff like great like in the I don't, I don't know if everyone knows this but the beginning of wicked uh the whole basically everyone is on stage so like fiero nesta rose dr dillman we're all just like in townspeople costumes at the top of the show Mm -hmm. um so I have to do this one big ensemble number where they're like great then you're gonna cross to two you hug Jake then you're gonna cross to four and you're gonna hug Carrie and then you're gonna run over here to Michael he's gonna lift you up in the air and but like you don't know any of these people you don't know what they <laughs> look like and you're just like they're just gonna be on four waiting for you and you're gonna get lifted up in the air um and so you do that and then you go into the show you go get your one put in and you're like, oh yeah, you're Michael. Oh yeah, you're you're this person. You're this person. Everything feels crazy, and then you just get to do the show. But with Mean Girls, we got to rehearse the whole show together. So like, because we all built it together, everything felt really easy from the get go. I guess. Whereas mm -hmm. like, I feel like in a long running show like that, it took me a while to be like, oh, okay, now I finally am feeling like how the show works. Yeah, and especially like an established tour versus an original tour I'm sure that that's like completely different yeah definitely and there's so many things especially too about Wicked that like people have seen it so many times mm -hmm. so um I also felt like on tour like it basically everyone already knew what they were getting into I feel like Mean Girls maybe a little bit because everyone knows the movie but I mm -hmm. think uh yeah there, it's just like a different feel also the cast are just totally different one cast was oh, like yeah. everyone was under mm -hmm. almost everyone was under 30 except for Marcus mm -hmm. <laughs> just that's that. Marcus under the <laughs> no and then like our adult our adult um actors which I say adult but like I'm an adult so <laughs> But the not playing high school kids, but in Wicked, it was pretty much like a spectrum of like, I think we had a 19 year old to like a 75 year old woman. That's, that's crazy. No. What were your audition processes like for, well, we'll start with Wicked and then go into Mean Girls. Um, yeah, so I 
basically, um, I, okay, I'll give you the more interesting story. So <laughs> if I start a little bit further back, but basically, um, when I first got to New York, there is all these like Asian shows happening on Broadway. And so like Miss Saigon and King and I and Allegiance. And I was like, this is my chance <laughs> to like break in. Um, and so I was really wanting to get seen seriously for King and I. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing this thing where like, I would just show up to every open call that the that had the same casting director for King and I. And so I was sometimes auditioning for things that like I wasn't really right for, but mm -hmm. I just showed up because I just wanted to, to like be in their mind anyway. Yeah. And so I showed up to an audition for, uh, I'm pretty sure it was like the national tour of Bridges of Madison County, mm. which like I, I like probably could be in, but I, well, I'm not like, I wasn't holding my breath on that. Mm -hmm. um, and usually like open calls, you go in, you sing, they say, thank you, you leave, you're done in like two minutes. But I went to this open call and the casting director was like, what else do you have? And so I sing again and I probably stayed in there for like 10 minutes singing. I probably sang three or four different things for him. And I was mm -hmm. just like, yes. <laughs> uh, and in my mind, I was thinking it was for King and I or Allegiance or, you know, I was, I, I don't know, mm -hmm. hopefully getting on a list somewhere. Uh, and then the next week I got uh, an audition from my agents for Wicked. And they also, the same casting director also cast Wicked. So, oh um, which of course I love Wicked. It was like one of the first shows I'd ever seen like a huge professional tour of. And like, of course it's always been a dream, but I, I don't know if I was thinking quite that big at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so I went in and auditioned and it went great. And then I had like work session with the associate director, which went great. And then I came in and had another audition and then they were like, yes, you'll be on the road now for 10 months. And I was, I like honestly couldn't believe it. It was like the first big thing I'd ever like really gotten. Um, and like such a dream. And then I also saw on our schedule that we were going to get to play my hometown. So it was really oh. a dream come true and very full circle for me. That's so special. Yeah. So there's no wasted auditions ever. Yeah. That's and I don't even know if it, if it was <laughs> even that connected or if I was already on a list somewhere for Wicked, but I like to think that you got to hustle to get the things that you want. And even mm -hmm. though I had a good agent who could probably get me in any way, I felt good about the work that I'd done up to that point. That's amazing. And then like going forward, what was your audition process like for Mean Girls? Yeah, so for Mean Girls, I um, had an audition for the workshop of Mean Girls first for Katie. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, thank you. It's <laughs> <Which is> fine. <laughs> uh, and then I remember my agent was like, for the DC production, they were, he was like, they're looking for a new Gretchen. He, like, I, we were trying to get you in the room, just like familiarize yourself with the material. And then they were like, we don't want to see her. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So I didn't even audition for that one. And then I auditioned about a year later for uh, uh, the standby for mm -hmm. Regina and um, Gretchen. And I felt really great about it. I worked really hard on it. Didn't get it. It's fine. 
then a couple months after that I auditioned for the Gretchen replacement on Broadway felt great about it (laughs) didn't get it (laughs) and then maybe like a month after that I auditioned for the tour Gretchen and here I am (laughs) at my house not on tour but uh then it just ended up being great and you know like I feel like all the auditions I worked hard on and I was prepared for and I think that they knew what they could expect from me it was just like timing of when it was going to be my chance to get to really do it and I'm so glad it was with the tour because I feel like the the whole process of getting to like create the show from the beginning was so special and fun and like we don't get to do that a lot except for when you start a tour you start a Broadway mm-hmm. show um and like honestly the like John and Mariah like our I feel like our chemistry on stage is so good that like I'm just really I was really happy to be there every day oh yeah I saw it almost a year ago at the Benedum a year ago on Halloween oh it was gosh. so fun yeah my friends and I like we dressed up as the plastics and like <laughs> we were living it was a fun time <laughs> I love that I can't believe that was a year ago I know it's so, so crazy crazy yeah but I saw, I was looking at your resume. I wanted to do all the research <laughs> and I saw that there was a ton of film stuff on there. So can we talk about film? Yeah, sure. For a minute. Um, yeah. how, are the, how do the auditions differ and what's, a, what's different about it? Yeah, so I had never really thought about film in any serious sort of way. Like I was always like, Broadway, that's what mm-hmm. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sing on Broadway. Um, and when I came to New York and we did like a showcase with, um, my college, I was meeting with agents and a lot of them were talking about film and TV. And I was just like, I don't really know what you're talking about, but they're like, great. We love you for theater stuff, but we also see you doing TV and film. And so it was kind of like the, like, I just started auditioning and then, have been learning by doing like sometimes I feel like I need to figure out my technique better for film but uh it like the audition process for film is sometimes just like if you're if you look right like that's honestly more than half the battle is like they need someone Mm -hmm. to be this tall with this kind of hair with this kind of you know you have to fit all these things it's Um, or sometimes they're like, oh, that's not what we wrote, but we're going to just change everything to fit you instead. So I also say like for auditioning for film, it's pretty hard to get seen for a TV, like a, you know, like a network TV show or like a, it's pretty hard to get seen for like big film projects without an agent, I would say. Whereas like with theater, like if you're, you can go to open calls, like they have open calls. You can, yeah. you can audition and you know, it's hard. It takes a lot of time, but like you can do that. But like for like a network television show, especially for like big roles or, you know, recurring or regular roles, like you almost always have to have an agent, which then it's like, if you don't have one, how do you get one? You have to get work to get one. So sometimes that's, it's a hard thing to break into, but I just feel lucky that, I got I signed with a good agency that could like get me in the room for stuff pretty Mm -hmm. easily um but yeah some I feel like my first like 
three or four times on set, I just was like, I have no idea what's happening because there's so many things that you just don't learn in theater school. It's like about yeah. just the logistics of a set. Um, like <laughs> I remember this is like going to be in my, my, my memoir I write someday about just like, if you want to not look like an idiot on set, do not start doing anything until the director says action. Like I, it, that took me, it's one of those things where like you're on set and there's all these extras and there's all these cameras and then like everything's quiet and you're just like, do I go now? And so I was, I was like, I would like panic and then like start going and they're like, wait for action, ma'am. <laughs> like that's literally what they say <laughs> for you to start. But like, there's so many things that they, that they could be doing behind the scenes. Like, someone on the camera is just like you know adjusting and you just have to wait and like I don't know why that didn't occur to me that that's what they would say <laughs> but like I just had never done it before so I was looking like a really huge dummy and then the same thing of like they put marks on the ground like where you have to stand but those are technical things that like I just never learned about mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> you know studying musical theater in college of like I remember like a series regular had to be like this mark on the ground is where you need to walk to every time. But like, I just didn't know that because no one told me and no one on set thinks they have to tell you because they'll assume that you've been doing this before. Yeah. So it's like kind of a, it's definitely like a totally different world. And then also just like you get to be on this amazing set with like all these people, but it might be for like one day or two days or three days mm -hmm. if it's a small role. And so like, I feel like I've gotten to be on a bunch of different TV shows, but like the total of all these days all combined still doesn't feel like very much, if that makes yeah. sense. So it's still kind of intimidating, but hopefully something I can do more of because yeah, I do enjoy sure. it. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you find those good agents that are solid and will help you get these incredible jobs? I mean, that's like, if I actually knew the answer to that, I probably would start a school and uh <laughs> teach people uh I mean I got really lucky like my BFA program had a a showcase mm -hmm. where like I sang two songs and they invited agents and managers and then uh I was lucky and got to like so at least this is how most showcases I would guess work mm -hmm. I only have my experience but like everyone in your class will do their song and a monologue two songs two monologues and then they invite our or your school invites like agents, managers, casting directors. And then um, if someone's interested in, in meeting with you, they'll, they give you like a sheet that has like call all these people. Um, and like, sometimes you just can't know what agents or managers are looking for because you don't know what their current roster looks like. Like you may be like a 10 singer, a 10 dancer, beautiful blonde hair, blue eyed ingenue. Mm -hmm. But like if they already have 10 people on their roster already that fit all those things and they may not be interested in you. And it doesn't mean that like you are more or less talented than anyone else. It just is like, so I feel like there's some things you just like can't know, which is basically this whole industry. But um, if you go to a school that does a showcase, at least like it's a shot at that. And then if you don't end up signing with someone from that. Or if you come to the city without a showcase, like basically you have to just try to get work without one and then invite 
uh, agents to come to performances. Mm. So like if you book a, you know, a sh- like an off-Broadway show by yourself from an open call, you can be like, hey, my name's Megan. You can email um, agents being like, hey, my name's Megan. I'm interested in, in representation. I'm doing this show. If you want to get tickets, like I can get you tickets to come see it. Basically that sort of thing. Um, or uh, like from, I have a, a commercial agent where basically I just had a friend who had a commercial agent and I said, hey, I want a commercial agent. It, can you send my headshot and resume to your to yours and they did then they were like great we want to sign you so like sometimes it's as easy as that too yeah but it's uh it is a hard thing to break into Mm -hmm. and that's great to know and take in now do you know is do all colleges do that or is it only certain bfa programs uh no not all colleges do it so if, if that's something that's really important to you then i would definitely like check with the programs that you're auditioning for like I, I most of your are a lot of your listeners people who want to pursue this you think I think I'm pretty sure like it's mostly like teens interested in theater so I know like yeah, I so- personally have an interest in it and I'm sure a lot of others do as well yeah so um the first university I went to uh because I went to two different schools Elon University, an incredible program, incredible teachers. Um, they didn't, they don't do like a New York showcase, but mm-hmm. what they do do is they bring um, casting directors and agents to their campus and do like oh, one on one workshop type things, which mm-hmm. is like, um, I have so many friends from Elon that are unbelievably successful and doing great. And so like, that's another way of doing it, but some programs maybe don't do any of that. And they're just like, great, here's your training. Good luck in New York. That's all we can really do for you. And so that's, if if uh, if you're serious about wanting to pursue this in New York City, that at least should be like on your radar. Like, okay, well, this program has a showcase, which could be very important. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's just one day in your life. So if it does or doesn't work out, like you don't want to put, all of your life on this one day, but um, at least it's something to consider when you're looking at colleges. Yeah, that's really nice to know. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And then like going forward with that, what's your best audition advice or any tips that you have that help you get through and book things? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes as a, a young performer that, you know, before you're doing this professionally, it's so easy to put so much weight on every audition you do because you know like in high school I maybe only auditioned for like three shows in a whole year and so Mm -hmm. if I didn't get the role I wanted or if I didn't get in the show it was like so devastating right because you only got three shots and you missed this one and like what does that mean um whereas like as a professional you just have to change your your viewpoint on that being like my job as an actor is to audition and like I probably, in normal years, I don't know what normal is. I prob- I could do anywhere from like one to five auditions a week. And so like, if you actually were that devastated on each and every one that you didn't get, it'd be mm-hmm. no way to live and you probably would burn out pretty quickly. So the way I try to look at it is that, you know, no auditions ever wasted. You know, it's always an opportunity to meet someone or to learn something new or to 
get to do research on a character that could be helpful for you in the future. Um, and then like once I'm done with the audition, I just leave it. You know, like I'm not, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I'm not the kind of person that's like, what's all the feedback? Like, how, um, have you heard mm. anything like to your mm-hmm. agents and stuff? Because really like in this business, like no, a no is just, you don't hear anything. And so once I've left the room, I'm just assuming it's a no unless I hear something and I've just moved on with my life basically. Yeah. Um, Cause if you wait by the phone, I, I just feel like that gets me into a place of feeling very desperate and sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think the best thing you can do for an audition is just to be prepared. Right. Like, yeah, I can only be me. I can only do what I do. So if I have an audition, I'm going to take time to research it. I'm going to learn it, especially for like TV things um, that are new that you can't necessarily go, you know, read. You can go read the script of Oklahoma, but I can't Mm -hmm. necessarily go read a script of an unreleased TV show, but I can look at who's directing it, who wrote it. And like, if I know that this team has written other things, I can go watch other shows that they've written to try to understand the world that they've created, even if I don't have all the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. So like, there's there's a lot of research that you can do beyond just like memorizing your lines that can also yeah. help you be prepared. That's really great to know. Thank you so much for that. And then mm-hmm. also, I wanted to ask you about this. I saw on your special skills that you're a figure skater, and that's really <laughs> really cool and really freaking awesome. Like how how do you do that? How did that come about? Like, um, I. I feel like that's overstating a figure skater. I did competitive figure skating until I was 14. So oh starting when I was really little, I my brother was playing ice hockey and I was just like at the rink. And so my mom started being um, figure skating lessons when I was seven. And I absolutely love it. I think it's so fun. I like to go anytime I get a chance. I would, I'm kind of even like, dabbling in the thought of maybe taking lessons again at some point um but it's something that I ended up quitting at 14 because my mom was like look your new skates because your feet are growing are going to be a couple thousand dollars I my mom was like I'm willing to do it but if you if we do this you have to commit big time (laughs) like we're going to the Olympics if you don't quit right now (laughs) (laughs) um And so I think at that point, I was like, you know what, I think I love theater as much or more than skating at this point in my life. And so I'm okay with leaving this uh, and focusing on something else, which is always sad, but I think in the end it was was the right choice for me. But I still love skating. I love watching skating. I did all of my elementary school book reports on Michelle Kwan, like literally. Oh my gosh. Um, I also have this joke that like, I'm so mad that cameo exists now because all I ever wanted as a child in elementary school was to meet Michelle Kwan. And like, (laughs) if my mom could have paid Michelle Kwan, like a hundred dollars or something to like make a a video for me, I think I would have lost my mind. (laughs) That's so precious. Maybe I can buy that for myself someday, but yeah, go for it. (laughs) Well, it was so nice chatting with you today. 
Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you, Megan, for all of your incredible advice. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. Bye.